Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life and to make an impact on the world. This is my 100th episode, and it is brought to you by the phrase tapping into your talent, which is at the heart of Camera Ready and Able. Talent, very simply, is natural aptitude, ability, or skill. Everyone has innate talent, but not everyone knows it. Here to discuss is my dear friend and the reason I even have a podcast, Vinny Potestivo. Vinny is an Emmy award-winning media advisor and founder of Vinny Potestivo Entertainment, who helps people and their businesses get seen and heard. Vinny is also the host of the I Have a Podcast podcast, which is like number one on every platform. So please go check that out. It inspires me every week. Welcome back, Vinny. Hey. Thank you. Basking in your talent. It's awesome to be back. Thank you. A hundred episodes, by the way. Congratulations. That's ridiculous. The evolution of talent has brought us to here. This is proof. Ooh, it's hot in here. Congratulations from like the, like every part of my body and goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps and like what a major accomplishment that is. And I'm going to take a moment to just make sure people know that five-star review is, is is a capability, a possibility. And it's a reality when you go and you just you just started this podcast go right back right now and leave a five-star review for barbara let her know how awesome it is 100 episodes that is not light that is a powerful congratulations thank you love and just to remind anyone who's new to the camera ready enable universe this all started with a conversation in september 2020 with Vinny. and an hour into that conversation you were like you need a podcast you're going to call it camera ready enable and (laughs) five or six months later it launched right? And we put the work in and here we are. So, um, I mean, a million thank yous to you. So I want to begin by talking about your entire career is built on helping people tap into their talent. So you have, you personally have an innate talent for helping people tap into their talent. Yeah, well, I, I, I turned a coping mechanism into a superpower. Yes. This is, uh, I wait, think wait, I had wait, a Let's talk about that. What does that mean as a coping yeah. mechanism? I mean, because that's a powerful, <laughs> that's a powerful thing, but what yeah, did right? you mean by that? Like where we start from, I, I I didn't necessarily feel like I was guided into any one industry or that I was champion. To be honest, as a child, that I was championed into any specific uh, role set or business model based on my successes. I felt a lot like it was up to me to figure it out, and mm-hmm. and I figured out and in figuring it out for me some of my talents became how to network with people because I had a desperate need to connect with people, how to network quickly with people because I had a limited amount of time with people as a child back in the day before internet to make a real connection, a real friendship with people, uh, to trust, to understand, you know, that, that some people say things that they don't mean and some people do things that they don't say. Uh, and, and that that has no impact. It has impact on me, but it's, it's you know, it's none of my doing. And, um, that really helped me figure out, you know, how to, how to truly, I don't know, make myself feel unique. I I don't know if I ever once tried to be validated. I just wanted to be unique. I almost didn't want to, I almost didn't want to be compared to anybody. So I couldn't be validated. So I couldn't, you know, like I, I removed the opportunity to connect me or compare me to somebody. I did, I tried to work and do things so differently that you couldn't say I was better or worse than anybody. And, and that journey, that struggle, that very solo, you know, and I, I, I'm happy how it came out. There are lots of other ways to get here. So I'm not going to say I don't 
I don't wish this on anybody because I've had a blessed life because of it. Um, but it gave me real super skills to, to be able to help people help myself in the moment, figure out what our talent is, what our, our possibilities are, our capabilities are, the opportunities we can be creating. Um, this is the essence though of the conversation and why you and I were so excited to, to choose it for this episode is because you didn't grow up knowing I have this special talent for this. And so mm -hmm. it's, it speaks to the idea that we all have these innate talents and we're often not aware of them because it wasn't something that was uh, recognized, valued, yeah. pronounced. It wasn't in front of you. It wasn't like you were a super fast runner or a great swimmer. It wasn't like you were a math champ or something yeah, that seemed I, tangible. Yeah, that I was, was good online, meeting people and connecting with new groups of people like who, who had known there wasn't even words for some of those actions. I didn't let that stop me though. You know, I didn't mm. let that, I didn't let the not understanding how to use my talent, I didn't let that stop me from honestly figuring out what I appreciated doing, what I thought I was good at, what I thought I was bad at, what, what I received from other people and their feedback. So you tapped into your talent, mm -hmm. uh, which still blows me away because you were really, really an early adopter in what we would now call sort of digital technology and its uses and its applications into marketing. So that's, you know, episode number four when you come back. Hmm. But hmm. Um, but in the meantime, now I want to segue into the idea. So you tapped into your talent. You, you find yourself um, at MTV Networks, mm -hmm. part of the glory days. And your job then is about identifying talent and helping that talent tap into their talent. So what are you doing when you're doing that? What is so actually my boss's job is, is exactly what you said. Like when I get to MTV in the late nineties, that's my boss's job. My job was to build the system for it. Uh, that looked like databases and SOPs. And I really, I really I'm sorry, had a what's very, an SOP? A standard operating procedure, you. you know, us, 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 um, corporate creatives, who, who've got to get lots of yeses to make things happen. And I realized the importance of what lives on a paper and how that gets passed from executive to the executive to executive and all the things that need to be aligned, you know, in that piece. Um, helping the people at MTV discover for me looked like organizing the conversation, putting boundaries on castings, putting time limits on projects, uh, geo-targeting communities and figuring down to the campus even if I, if there was a specific school with a, with a specialty that I really wanted to focus on. A lot of it was the systems that I would bring into place to be able to let the people who were great at discovering talent and finding talent, you know, do their job. And I watched, I observed, I learned that part at MTV. When, when I got to MTV, I'm an organizer. I can edit with, by recording, you know, put, putting two VCRs together. My databases are like, since the mid nineties, I've always been a database guy having a talent database. Now I have a podcaster database growing a community with organized information for me has been an important part of helping, helping people tap into their talent because it's, it's their strengths and their interests that that has to stand the, the test of time, you know, and development, as we know, in, in TV development, really the, the TV development is a challenge against time. Is it going to survive the development duration? Is, is, will it be able to hit air? Will it be able to connect with an audience in time? Uh, and that's why I think speed, the immediacy of connection and understanding what people's talents are and their capabilities. Like, you know, we're lucky that in the beginning part of our career, we were in casting and we really got to see in real life what we thought people's capabilities are. The coolest part now, 25 years later, we can look back and see if we were right or wrong about that. Oh, I love and that. And I'll tell you what I cool. learned. 
capabilities. A lot of it has to do with seed planting, by the way. You know, you, you, a lot a lot can be said about an idea that's brought into the room that suddenly creates a new opportunity and possibility. So, um, and I saw that happen oh, I, too. I yeah, mean, that's one of my favorite metaphors because sometimes it takes longer for certain seeds to germinate than others. Mm -hmm. And so, with this idea of immediacy, and sometimes it takes five or ten years for something you know to take root and grow. Uh, so, I want to go back just to clarify so that we weren't skipping over. What happens is you identify. Whether it sounds like you were articulating this, that you have this superpower, really amazing skill set around organization that you understand that most people do not have. So you and you were able to articulate to people that you wanted to network with, this is the value that I bring and this is how I can help you. That's awesome. So I just want that to be really clear with people because that's this big part of like, you know, that I really believe in helping people tap into their superpowers is the whole idea of like, let's identify it because once you have it, now you can talk about it and you're going to connect that to value. What do other people need? And as Vinny, you love to remind me, what else are people willing to pay for? Which is a key <laughs> part of this, right? And so at MTB Networks, they were willing to pay for your services. Like, yay, yeah. come in, you have a tremendous value. We're going to give you a, you know, a paycheck and benefits and all these nifty things. Okay. So now bigger part of this conversation, I think for a lot of people listening then is, is not to gloss over into the tapping into part, but what happens? What's the benefit of tapping yeah. into our talent? Oh, great. What happens That's once a, a we've brilliant done that? question. Yeah. How do we use it? How do we leverage it? How do we get paid for it? All, all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost with clarity as a creative or as a professional who uses a creative medium like Instagram or TikTok or YouTube to get a, a message out to communicate. Being crystal clear in your point of view is always a vantage point. It, it's something that I learned from day one by working with the people that I worked with at MTV and still to this day, the, the more clarity you have in your point of view, the more that your audience understands what intersection you stand in. You said earlier, I can help, I can help pinpoint what people's strengths are and then I connect the dots. And I think that this is exactly, exactly how I've been able to help people leverage their talents. One, first and foremost, it helps you stand out. Understanding what your talents are, understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are, and weaknesses can also be your strengths. By the way, I want to point out, uh, Jessica Simpson was famously known for not being good in the kitchen and not not understanding the ingredients of tuna, chicken, you know, chicken, chicken of tuna sea. of the sea. Here you have this, this person who truly, by the way, in that whole show, by the way, if you look at it, like the conceit behind that show, maybe in the early 2000s through a, through a pro-social lens might be media sure does have an opinion about what Jessica Simpson's life is supposed to be. And they sure do have an opinion about a, what a, a young female's life is supposed to be, especially after she gets married. So what if we show them what we are? Like, that's what I was, that's what I was lucky to be at MTV to give her time to get to show the world, the true strength. Can you tell what the show was? Cause there might be oh, people listening, right? Who sure. Yeah. Right. A long time. Yeah. Newly, <laughs> so the, yeah, we worked on the show newlyweds with Nick Lachey and, and Jessica Simpson back in the day. And it was sort of this trio of unscripted programming that helped put MTV on the map between the Osbournes, Punked and, and newlyweds. Um, getting to help those people, you know, change their lives through MTV was awesome because they, they needed the audience to see it for change, you know, to happen. And it's a great example of someone leaning into her strength where her strength might've been her weakness. Again, food, I think that chicken tuna of the sea might've been, to be honest, the moment that most connected to the most amount of people watching that show. Cause we've either had that doubt or we know someone who did or 
you know, we grew up at it. Well, wait, so what do you explain? I just want to get clear. Okay. One, I got to call you out on this because um, yeah. being someone who's a little bit older and I have many people listening to this who are like, um, MTV was already on the map, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was on, it, no, it certainly was on the... been on the map for 20 years. I just meant like, it's it, because what happens is every generation that comes along, like what happens is they kept evolving and changing. And what you're talking about is that it changed the role of unscripted TV. And so I'm just tweaking you and teasing you in a way. But no, for anybody who's older I'll than you, we're it. like, I beg your pardon. I, how very dare you? Yeah. I mean, I'm the guy that I'm, they're blaming me for getting rid of videos on MTV. That's what they're yeah, thinking. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We can really go there. But what are you trying to say? Like, because we, we're spending a lot of time on, on, on God bless Jessica Simpson and her billion dollar yeah. empire. But um, what I'm getting well, at is why was chicken of the sea? How did being a ditz in the kitchen, how was that helpful to her brand? Because she she was aware of it. It was a weak it, and the talent of awareness, whether it is a strength or a weakness, is something that you will always be able to leverage. It's a understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are, on, on identifying, know, knowing what you enjoy and don't enjoy in the process thereof can really help you. Um wait, that's beautiful to say. And I was actually, believe it or not, just having this conversation with a younger person about Dolly Parton, because it's mm -hmm. the same idea, but in some ways it's about you're always in on the joke. The things mm -hmm. that you are you are you are actually controlling the narrative around the things that some people like to make fun of you for. So it's like Jessica was always way smarter than anyone was giving her credit for. And that, I think, uh, yeah, and uh, well, yeah, if, if you look at the bank account, for sure, I mean, the, if, you, if you're going to equate dollars to success, it's very, that's a very easy argument. But um, I personally, I completely agree with you as well. I think she she won big in life by um, owning who she was. And again, I'm going to say the same thing does. for Snooki, if we're going to go to the same sort of era. Yeah, I completely agree. Right? Super controversial, polarizing. But we've talked about this before. The reason, you know, she's continued to work and has had book deals and shows long after the rest of that cast kind of expired is because I think she always understood, understood her value. And also, I think that she's got an incredible work ethic and shows up and delivers. Yeah. Um, also, I'll throw out Martha Stewart into the mix. Ooh. I think I, what she's been doing yeah. recently, how she acknowledges her her future and her past, I thought has really, she's she's really listening to the audience that is providing her feedback and she, first she's really able to cut through you know there's noise when you listen when you open yourself up to ridicule and opinions from the public there's noise that it's out there it, it's in the repeat comments and and some of it is positioning but i i think she really is really tapped into jennifer coolidge might be another person right beautiful her example. strengths are her weaknesses i love that oh yeah right? I love oh this is one. good this might be a whole um, other episode. Okay, but keep going. So, so understanding your talent, you know, um, first off, understanding your talent helps you ultimately win awards. And awards are ways that you can prove that you have talent. So, so talent and awards for me go hand in hand. Um, when you understand your talent and you can apply your talent, whether you're a casting director, a host, a dentist, a florist, uh, an accountant, when you can apply your talent, there are awards out there for them. There are best business, there are best accounting firms, there are best best ad agencies of New York City. I can, I can go on and on about the non-creative awards, let alone- But awards help you break through the clutter. Awards are important not in their own sake, but even if we go right. back to Emmys, well, certainly Oscars and even Golden Globes, is it actually gives life to a creative project. It can extend the life. It yeah. can bring a huge amount of awareness to something that didn't have awareness before. 
So that that is a really important part of, of the award story. Yeah, to your point, by the way, it, it, it's not the size of the award that matters. <laughs> it's how you use it. <laughs> but it, it's, really, it's really, really true. And also, by the way, just, you say this is an older audience. I'm leaning into a more mature audience. I'm leaning into that. Um, look, I've, I've been lucky to be in TV for about 25 years now. Uh, just a year and a half ago, I, for the first time ever, won my first Emmy. I realized that the Emmy is an award in our industry that that other industries acknowledge. And, and I made it a goal. I, you're the literally the first I call, I remember our phone call, by the way, I'm, I started talking to the audience. I, Barbara, I remember calling you up saying I really I'm looking at like what's missing the perception of where I want to be and that Emmy is just something that and I, I'm happy to even have it in my title now because it says I come from TV and I was successful because people understand that that's what that statue does, but it's what I do with it that matters most. By the way, what happens next is the most important part of my little late, my little lady Emmy and our journey together. Uh, also, my talent has led me to an award that has been a really cool networking opportunity. It's only, mm. I, I now am I now am an Emmy award winning because of identifying my talent with other producers who have the same award for the same project and they are the former CEO of Priceline and a, a former shark of Shark Tank and I it, it, my talent led me to an award that now connects me to people in, in an evergreen way. Like that's, that's never going away, that, that piece of it. Credits, I can say the same thing about credits too, by the way. Credits, when you understand your talent, credits on IMDb or our job titles for, if it's non-creative job titles, if, you're, if you are creative and you understand IMDb, the internet movie database, credits are social proof of our of our of our talents it is our expertise on display and and right now being a podcaster they now allow podcasters the same way tv shows and films to be on imdb this means that dentists doctors lawyers who have podcasts now have the ability to share credit and give credit and get credit on a platform that i think is really important for the creator economy because a lot of network executives and media executives understand how to search IMDb for people, but for, for non-creatives who are now jumping into this creator economy, IMDb allows us to be seen in a way because of these credits as podcasters, as executive producers, as ourself. And, and these are, these are ways, again, that lead it's, to it's more visibility and that leads to more discoverability. Nugget. And then just to add on to that, cause you're the one who taught me about this is it also just invisibility in general because of IMDb is mm -hmm. owned by Amazon, company mm -hmm. you may have heard of. And so because of how big they are, just your general SEO and your discoverability increases exponentially if you're tapping into these sorts of resources, uh, which is a best kept secret that you were so generous about sharing, which does get into another thing about the value or, or the when you tap into your talent, mm -hmm. um, as you pointed out, an obvious thing for almost all of us is, oh, yay, because I can monetize it or make money or it's my career. And that's all really important. But you speak so well to the notion of when the importance of tapping into your talent, because it leads to your discoverability, mm. which is both which is growth, which is both your business growth, but also your impact. Yeah which are in my book are equally important. Yeah, identifying talent for me is just part of talent development. That's part of character development, displaying my talent, showcasing my talent, mm. demonstrating my talent, that changes the story. 
you know, ch changing, understanding my talent, again, changes me using my talent changes, changes the story. And, um, we talk more about know, that. Get I know there's, I know there's a lot of focus on, on how, you know, people say, you know, the store stories are the most important thing and stories are all that Matt, I have to be very honest with you. I got to give a lot to the characters. The story is important, but I, I, I could tell you David and Goliath, and you can tell me a version of that story that I haven't heard yet. You know, there's so many times we used Thelma and Louise. There are so many characters that Archetypes. transcend their stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, as we, it's, as we seek to find out our own individuality, what makes us not only unique and fascinating, but like-minded and similar too, right? Because if we can find the things that make us unique, then we must be able to understand the things that make us, you know, um, that we have in common, right? To me, that, yeah, that's- Yeah, to me, I always phrase it, it's the universal, universality of something. Yeah. And, and I actually, you know, uh, because I began in professional creative 25 years ago, I was trained to network up. I was trained to look at the directors and managers and VPs and SVPs. And, and part of my talent development a lot had to do with me wanting to be a producer because producers got Emmy awards and casting directors when I was in reality TV a long time ago, weren't getting, mm -hmm. there was no category for us. So suddenly my professional endeavors now are leading me to want to be a producer so I can, you know, have that Emmy award. And I think what I want to say is uh, when you change the story, when you have the ability to change the story and talent, again, changes the story, you want to be careful that the story doesn't, <laughs> this is a little, a little heady, you want to be careful that the story doesn't take you to a place where your character shouldn't be. And, and stories often change faster than characters meaning what's happening around us often changes quicker than we ourselves are even adapting adopting to the to the newness there's this idea of think fast change slow and and this to me is systemic approach to talent development think fast know where you stand understand your point of view know your intersection of your strengths and and where that can take you and then also enjoy the places where where you are Oh, absolutely. So what I want to transition though is in talking about this is actually what your business now does because yeah. you're actually helping people mm -hmm. identify their talent. And the reason I'm saying this, and it's like, I know what I talent is. I'm a great accountant. I'm a really good architect or fashion designer or whatever. I understand my talent. And you're saying, oh no, 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 you have other talents <laughs> that you hadn't realized that now we're going to get these things into alignment so that you can amplify, elevate, whatever, any of those sort of marketing terms we want to use. So how do you do that? Because that's yeah. your superpower. And, what, and yeah. what's the result of that? Some of it is identifying the piece, the talent of you that I think is scalable or a piece mm. that you're willing to open up. A piece, it's like a, it's almost identifying your talent. It's almost like a contact point with you, right? Like if, if we're in space and these two huddles are coming together, the moment, the piece where they touch together, that intersection, I might call that talent the talent to me has is you know has always been intersection because it's all about growth what changed for me with this, this whole conversation about intersection is the amount of platforms that even instagram a single social media network has seven different surfaces within instagram meaning posts reels dms i, I can go on and on stories. and on about the different stories all the different ways IG to stand lives. out you know yeah. And for me, it becomes understanding how I 
how I believe based on my experiences and gut, how your audience could best experience you based on some of the technology that's out, by the way. Podcasts are great first and foremost because you only need a temporary internet connection. So I know at a point in time where a lot of us have internet connections, it's not stable. Podcasts are great for, by the way, just a few years ago, New Yorkers, we didn't even have like internet down in the subway. So like podcasters are, it's such a New York mentality for me. Like you need a podcast. You're going to go in the subway. You can't listen to the radio down there. You hear my Wait, Can we talk about out. this for a sec? Cause you're yeah. saying something so important that I'm just going to translate into my own language and story was one, the notion of scalability. So yeah. we're, I want to circle back and, and, and have you explain what does that mean to like, scale. So, cause you're having this conversation with me two years ago and you're like, you know, what's scalable. The other thing too, is to remind, it goes back to the seed planting, but creating opportunity and revisiting is because the technology changed just the same mm -hmm. way as like the internet became available in the subway and the technology changed. So suddenly doing a podcast became easy for me where previously it had been hard and, um, and hard to the point where it wasn't, there wasn't enough of a return on investment because of the amount of time I was going to put into it was taking too much time away from my actual core business. Then that changed. And suddenly this becomes this incredible platform where it's so personally enriching. It's connecting me with people. It's serving a core value of mine to provide access oh, yeah. to information to people. Plus it's also its own, you know, marketing tool and my skills get better. And so I'm bringing that up because it's a reminder that sometimes it's important to go revisit. I believe this to be true. Well, it was true three years ago. Is it still true now? Yeah. I love hearing you describe it. Uh, um, cause I remember thinking like you literally already have a podcast. You're already talking to fascinating people every single week, week after week. It wasn't even something that we thought of as, uh, as, as a networking, I really, some people love the networking opportunity and, and components to it. And there's a lot of driving factors to podcasting, but my understanding of where we were at in that moment was you had a message that needed to get out and it needed to get out now. And we couldn't wait a single moment that that what we needed to start creating we had all the right tools you had already cast all the brilliant experts you already had a solid group of people around you and some of that's taking in and this might lead to the second part of what i do is is taking inventory for me mm. it's always about the who not the how it has never once been about the tool because the tools change the platforms change the materials change the stories change, but it's, it's the carpenter that I care about in the, in the, in these stories. It's the character that I care about in these stories. Most those, those to me, at least from what I've seen or how I see life maybe is, is what the character stands the test of time, but, but it's the who, not the how, and tools don't learn new tricks, but people do. And, okay. you know, you're, we're you're kind of, my mind. we're I, exploring I, media. So we want to be trying new things, you know, <laughs> I'm suddenly having a going back to the very beginning of this conversation, because what you've just said to me is when you tap into your talent and identify what that is, you are getting at the heart of who you are, which goes back to true authenticity, mm -hmm. your value and you and it's it has to be something that is sustainable, that it's identifiable, and it's grounded in something because yes. that, that and that who you are is not going to change. You can grow and evolve and, and develop and all those things that are really powerful. But because to your point, the stories will change, the platforms will change, but who you are as a person, your heart and your soul is who you are. 
Yeah. And that's the, and then and so that's what we're tapping into is that character. And by yes. the way, to your point, um, if I may, because I just want to say it was so great, is I've worked with a lot of people where we understood your characters, you're awesome, and realize it's your time might not be now. I meant like fashions come and go, things ebb and flow. Yeah. And it's just keep doing your thing and and hone it and your skills and get better because your time will come. And I look at, you know, so many ways, and we've talked about these examples, like the confluence of things that made, you know, Carson Daly a star because suddenly mm -hmm. the world shifts and grunge is out and boy bands are in and TRL's happening. And suddenly Carson, who already had, he was Carson, he had all these great skills. He's suddenly in the right place at the right time with these great skills to go do his thing. And now he's still doing his thing, which brings me to the other Carson who I love and adore, mm -hmm. who was also fully evolved doing mm -hmm. his thing. And suddenly just the timing was right where the world needed a show where amazing, you know, queer men went out and did make betters on straight men. And Carson, you know, Cressley is still out there making the world a better place. Yeah, and he's Carson, had evolution amazing. of talent. Yeah, he's he stayed relevant all throughout the years. But it's I mean, Carson awesome. was Carson. He's exactly mm -hmm. what you're talking about. What a strong, loving, generous, fun character. He hasn't changed. Yeah, as you're saying this, it makes me it makes me want to also throw out like a warning. You know, your talent isn't necessarily the thing that gets you discovered. It's sharing your talent that leads to more visibility. And in that visibility, you have the opportunity to get discovered. So a lot of people who might work really truly hard or believe that they've already tapped into their talent might be asking, well, I already have my talent. I already know what it is, but mm. how come it's not connecting? How come I'm not, where's, where's the phone calls? <laughs> it's, it's in using that. So going back to uh, Carson Daly, he had an innate talent. That talent led to lots of conversations. And when the timing was right, he put himself on a daily show where he shared his talent every single day for a decade. And he, he created an experience that people would share at school. We didn't have social media back then. He, he, would share, he was sharing conversations with celebrities. He was sharing the top 10 you know, videos of the day. He is being seen as a source of share. So we come back mm -hmm. to the source when it, when it is rich, when we are getting, by the way, when we're getting what we want and when we're getting what we want to share, you know, cause there's part of the ego that says like, Hey, if I find something and I can give it to everyone, then everyone will think like I'm valuable that that will lead to value. This is, this is my point. If visibility led to discoverability, then just increase more visibility and then everyone will get discovered. And here's the proof. What happens with increased visibility? without increased shareability is there's a, a part of marginal return. There's a point where we no mm. longer care about your existence because this project, this song, this podcast, this person does no, no longer serves the benefit of me and my group because they already have visibility. So like we all talk about Mariah Carey the day after Thanksgiving, everyone's talking about the queen of Christmas. Now and she's done a great job. Talk about talent, you know, innovation and reinvention at, at keeping something solid that she created once alive and going because she really honed in on what was the magical part. I believe she honed in on the magical part of that song and how many different families have that song now part of like their, you know, their Christmas playlist is gigantic. But two weeks after Thanksgiving, unless you're in New York or you're a diehard Mariah fan and no offense, but we kind of stopped talking about it. It's no longer exciting to talk about. Everybody already knows it. They've already seen it. They've already heard it there. We might, in fact, if I bring it up, it might even like, make you mad that I'm bringing it up or you might not care. And then that devalues, you know? So what ends up happening is I put up a defense mechanism that says, "Ugh, Mariah, Ugh, 
that song again like it doesn't serve me there's a disdain for it but i want to point this out because because this is a cycle it happens every year unfortunately i've seen it happen with artists you know i learned at mtv some people love to love artists some people love to hate artists it's a cycle and it's, it's an unfortunate but and knowing knowing that cycle and knowing how that works allows you to play into that wait and okay. again that's that's the clarity that so comes good with wait and talent. as we wrap up i just want to then go back to the example you gave earlier because now you're tapping into your your talent by identifying you know value and who you are and the character you are and then we're combining that with adaptability because that goes yes. back to Martha Stewart, because I've been with Martha from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, pre-TV, like it was just books and she's a caterer in Connecticut and we live in Connecticut at that point. And my point is she's always been, it's found her whole thing was founded on good things. It's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. So she's still dishing out good things mm -hmm. 50 years later, whatever it is. But the point is she has adapted with the times and certainly taken her share of punches in big. But to your point, it then it's about adapting to the platforms, identifying what's the right platform to you, keeping up with your audience, changing with the time, any of that stuff. Yeah. Now you've just, you've just yeah. given me a playbook, a roadmap. That's how you leverage it. I love there this, by the way. It's, I love that Martha didn't throw away who she was to be a stronger version of herself. She changed, she pivoted into the audience. She didn't change, here's what's good. She changed, here's what's good for you as opposed to you and now us. And that's, again, part of part of understanding how to leverage it, by the way. And, and look, tapping into your talent, you know, understanding your talent, that's that's a process. Uh, we've talked a lot about how to leverage your talent, how to, if you've already tapped into your talent, this is almost an accelerated conversation. People who we're assuming you've already figured out, you know, what that what that superpower is. I have some quick tips if I can share real quick, if people guess. aren't prepared to leverage, you know, uh, you asked earlier, what's talent development 101? Like, what is it? What, what does the work really look like? It's identifying your strengths and weaknesses and interests. It's understanding what you're good at, what you enjoy doing to your point. It's, it's the touch point that I want to be able to help you scale. And is that sustainable? I'm very cautious about helping people build something if I think it's going to burn them out. I've seen it happen. So identify your strengths and weaknesses. Part of part of identifying your talent, and some people might not like this, is setting specific goals. Some people feel limited by goals. They feel that what if my talent exceeds it? What what well what if? Well, how about that? Wouldn't that what if? So set set specific goals. It's like bullseye. You know, you have to know if you can hit the bullseye or if you can get on the board. You have to know you know your expertise level. Uh, I, I, I read this awesome quote. It said that the difference between experts and, and novices, novices will keep doing it until they get it right. Experts will keep doing it until they can no longer get it wrong. And that comes from setting specific goals. It doesn't mean experts don't make mistakes, but we also know how to make sure those mistakes are you know, certifiable pieces of content that we can get out there. Practice and develop your skills. Athletes go to the gym. I hate to tell you, there's a reason why we say create content, you know, and not everyone needs to create content every single day. That's not what that looks like. But practice and develop your skills, whatever those are. Seek out new opportunities, new opportunities. There are existing opportunities for your talent already. If I wanted to be a casting director, I could have called up casting companies. I didn't do that. I took out an ad on backstage and then people send me their headshots at school. And then I started a database of people. Like I, I sought out my own opportunity without needing to rely on someone else. 
to kickstart my casting career in the late 90s. I tipped on this one earlier, and I, I wish I would have learned this a little bit better than I did in the late 90s. Learn from others. You know, again, I'm for, so I'll say it, I'm 45. I learned to network up. If you're not networking laterally, horizontally, and 360, if you're not looking at the students who are in college, if you don't have students in college in your phone helping you understand how to work with the next wave of, of people, community, words, pains that they're going through, uh, I would just have you maybe uh, reapproach your networking strategy and be mindful that there is so much to learn, especially as podcasters, where it's a brand new industry. We're siphoning in experts from every single other economic industry, doctors and lawyers. We have so much expertise in podcasting right now that has nothing to do with podcasting yet. That's framing our industry. So seek new opportunities, learn from others, stay motivated and persistent. And then like what you said, Barbara, and I'll leave it here, reflect and reassess. It is a cycle. I didn't have one shot in life to win an Emmy. I have an annual opportunity to win that Emmy. And so do you. And there are hundreds of awards that I've identified that I've done the work because I, I saw this pain point with creators and new business owners. And I have a list of over a hundred awards. I have a list of how to get your podcast on IMDb. I support people with that, those tactics on my website. And uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not creating conversation and asking, expecting you to fill in the, the, the gaps here. I've, I've identified a lot of the gaps and, and some of this is because this is what it takes to get people sustainably in television shows and media and this all these small pieces are the foundational pieces that I would have to do throughout the years to ensure the people we are bringing to TV and you have some great names that you've dropped here are franchise worthy talent like that's why we have talent on TV for 25 years plus you know what I mean it's the best part of the job now is is seeing them grow and, and having them and their changes be part of, you know, our alchemy and what we create, you know, next. Mm -hmm. um, it's not an easy process. And like you said, it's a, it's an emotional process and it's a physical process. And there are muscles connected to editing and performing and being on camera or just getting up in front of a room and talking. And I, I want to leave you with this like thought that I love most about podcasters and podcasting is that there's not one single person who owns podcasting. And majority of the bazillions of podcasts we hear are owned by individual people like Barbara and myself. What, what is scary about talking to friends, colleagues, people you already know? We, we own this content. It's not like, oh, I recorded it. Now I, I gave it to the network and the network's not going to let me. This is why I'm leaned in and focused on independently owned content. Mm -hmm. th these moments like this. And I can show up and be, and look, sometimes my energy gets a little high and my anxiety kicks in and I'll triple on, on words and I might say something that, you know, I, I don't mean, but it comes out the wrong way. And, and I don't, and that used to be a blockage for me. And I would literally imagine this. I would not speak because I was afraid of messing up let alone trusting the person that I'm speaking with. So Barbara, congratulations on your 100th episode. It is. Thank you, love. Thank is, you. Is, and I'm in your shadow. I adore you, light. as you know. You're just pure sunshine. <laughs> and this vocabulary, this like lexicon of success that you've created with these words on this podcast. And again, I know I, know I asked the audience earlier, five-star review barbara barn abel on camera ready enabled this is this is the episode that should get you to apple uh google wherever you're spotify wherever you're listening and just leave that big five-star review because that's something that can help her 
change her perspective, her momentum, and y'all will be the alchemy of our success. And I really appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you so much. I can't wait to have you back for the, you know, 200. <laughs> yes. Love yes. So great. Much. Love that. Yes. And I want to thank you, the audience, as always, for listening to Canva Ready and Able. Every time I get a note from somebody, it just makes my heart soar. By the way, if you're interested in coaching or team building or brainstorming or anything I can support you with, please shoot me a note via my website at ableintermedia.com and be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Mm -hmm.